What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another Ghost Coal Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview between DJ Astro Creep of Ghost Cult and Par Sundstrom of Sabaton. Sabaton's new record, The Great War, is out July 19th via Nuclear Blast Records. Check it out. I'm sat with Barton now from Sabaton. Thanks for spending much for speaking with me today. Thank you. Uh, hope you enjoy our new album. Well, speaking of new album, let's start there. Great place to start. After having a listen through before, I was quite impressed. It's a very, very strong release. Do you think there's anything in particular? Um, it, it, it seems almost like a concept album again, like you've done before with Colorless Reps and things like that. Yeah, it, it is a concept album, but more loosely connected. I mean, we're not following an exact story here. We are there. Are, there are ten different well, um, yeah, focused around ten different uh, events and uh, topics around the, the First World War, basically. And then we have the sort of uh, dramatical ending, uh, which is called, uh, which is the poem which we have written songs to in Flanders Fields, which ends the album. But, so it's a concept album, but loosely connected. I was at, you just mentioned Flanders Fields. I was very, very impressed by the fact you've actually done something quite different to what you've done before with, with the likes of the poem there. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was um, doing research for this album. I was looking for a lot of different uh, music that would be from this period of time songs about the Great War and uh, wherever I was looking I came across the poem in Flanders Fields and uh, a lot of people have put their own music to it and so we thought we do it ourselves as well we will put our music to it and uh, it's what we did we we wrote something musically and uh, originally it was with a lot of orchestration and church organs and stuff but after a while we cleaned it off and made it very simple, more basic, and just with the choir. It's something, as I said, that I feel, it feels almost fitting. It's like a tribute at the end of the album to everything you've brought in before. Yeah, it was, um, we wanted on sort of an emotional ending to round off the album. Is there anything in particular that you think you may also have included on the album, any other battles, maybe? There is always a lot more, and uh, taking such a big topic as the Great War, we will find so many different stories. Uh, the, the main thing about this is that we can't cover them all, for sure. And not all of them, even if it's a great story, if the song is not right, then the music and the and the topic will not match. We uh, we usually have the music written before we write the lyrics, and uh, seeing to that, it makes it a bit uh, difficult because we also have some great topics and we, we just can't fit them in. I, you released Fields of Verdun as the first single. Is there any particular reason you decided upon that track? The, this track represents everything that represents the Great War in two ways. It's very classical heavy metal. And uh, secondary, the topic of it, it's a very... Uh, it's the longest and um, one of the most costly battles of World War One. And inside of that battle you will find all elements 
that were used during the Great War. All kind of siege artillery and the, the gas and the, so it's all there. And uh, we also choose Verdun to be the place where we presented the album for the first time. So we were there a few weeks ago and presented the album to, to some selected people. Mm -hmm. Which do you think is going to be the next single that you release out from the album? The next single will be The Red Baron. And uh, this is uh, a bit odd song for Sabaton uh, single. We will see how it, fans react to it. It's a very catchy song. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Well, one thing that did kind of grab me as I listened through the album was there's a lot there that you've done similarly before in previous releases. But uh, as you mentioned with the Red Baron and uh, with Devil Dogs as well, it's a little bit more up-tempo still than the rest yeah. of the album. Yeah, those are the two fastest ones on the album for sure. And uh, um, the Devil Dogs was like such a, you know, only the name we wanted. Like, okay, we, we need a song called the Devil Dogs, of course. And uh, it already sounds aggressive, so we put it in for the most aggressive, fastest song on the album. I've been thinking back to the first time I saw you guys live, which is the 2009 tour with Dragon Force. I fully admit, before I saw you play, I knew nothing about you. And then I just, hearing 40 to 1, hearing Humor uh, Victoria, and then you captured me there. But then it was a sense of humor at the end, because it was the last night of the tour with Dragon Force. When you came on in the skin colored leotards and the guitar hero guitars, which uh, Dragon Force obviously knew nothing about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. It's the, uh, you've always had that sense of humor pervading through, especially in your live shows. Has that been a deliberate thing, or is it more to lighten the mood because of the topics that you cover? Mm. <laughs> I think we would do this kind of stuff no matter what we were singing about. Okay. And uh, we just sometimes like not to take everything so serious when it's on the stage. A lot of it is serious and our performance is, uh, as a whole is serious. But we can give, how to say, open our hearts a little bit for the fans. That's. I think it's totally okay for us to do that. And yourself and Joachim are the only two members who have been there right away through. But yet you both write all the lyrics and such as well, don't you? So does that help keep the consistency going, do you think? I think so. I mean, fans at this time, already after we released Primo Victoria, fans were saying, don't ever change this concept, you know, and this way of writing lyrics. And um, no, we have not. We have remained and uh, we still do. And we are, with the two of us, write the lyrics for the album. So how, how is it that you actually compose the songs? And you said before you normally have the, the, the uh, music first, was it? Uh, yeah, normally it's like this. We have uh, the, the theme of the album is kind of set. Then we know the tone, where it's gonna be like. Then music is great. 
Meanwhile, we are making the music, we are collecting topics. And then we have the songs and the different topics, and then we try to match them. And there are always going to be some topics that don't fit. Anymore. And then we have to save them for the future. How is it that you decide? Is, is it a, a band decision on what the concept will be for, for the album? It's uh, usually this is decided by me and Joachim, who will anyway continue to write about it. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere you got banned from Russia for some of the songs that you've written. It, it, was that like, a permanent thing or is that being relaxed now? We're definitely not banned from Russia because we're going there in March <laughs> on a big tour. Or, or, uh, or was it that your songs could be played on radio maybe or something like that? No, I, well, there was, uh, there was a controversy that some local politicians in, politician in one city were worried after there was some bands coming over to Russia to burn their flags and stuff and they said we were one of those bands they misunderstood us they uh, they were saying that Sabaton were a Nazi band and had nothing to do in Russia and uh, obviously this was false but some people misunderstand Sabaton if it fits to their purpose. They they also throw fire on fuel onto this fire, and, uh, and this is what happened in this case. Uh, now it's cleared, and uh, but it, I mean, in the beginning, Sabaton had more more problems similar to this. Nowadays, we have millions and millions of fans, and it's very very easy to understand what Sabaton really is about. So misunderstandings yeah. don't happen that much anymore. Are there any songs in particular you love to play live above any others? Mm, yeah, I mean, Human Victoria always has an emotional thing because it was kind of the song that started the whole thing. So yeah, this one. And, um, well, uh, now I really enjoy playing the song Bismarck. It's a great, fun song to perform live. Uh, what's your technical setup with your bass? Uh, what guitar do you use? What uh, any pedals or such? I got. Uh, I, I use ESP bass, and uh, everybody in the band is going through Kemper amplification. So I actually don't know now what the kind of settings are, what kind of amp amps are, are you know modeled after. Because this is usually done by our sound engineer, who, because we we don't necessarily have an input like, okay, I need my guitar to sound like this. We want the whole band to sound good, and then we give uh, the sound engineer a little bit of freedom to play with the songs, with the sounds, to make it all sound like a good package, not just, oh, I want my guitar to sound like that. I need my bass to sound like this. We don't need our instrument to sound in any other way than what fits the whole mix of the sound engineer. So that's why we have kind of given away all the, all the decisions of, of the instruments to him. To do with the acoustics of the different venues and yeah. like that as well. Okay. Going back to when I said I first saw you live and it was maybe I think six, seven hundred people in the venue. And then last time I saw you, which I think was last year in Manchester, maybe the year before, and you played to a sellout crowd of over 3,000 people, so it's quite a, a large step up, albeit over 10 years. How do you think you've managed to grow? 
Consistency. We keep playing, we keep doing the same stuff. We're not changing so much. Uh, people can rely on us. And um, I think this definitely helps to grow the band. If we don't leave people disappointed, they there's a big chance they are coming back. Okay, I've got one last question for you now. Is, there's plenty of rumors go around about bands and riders and it, some bands that do some pretty strange things and things like that. What's the most strange thing either yourselves or someone that you've toured with has asked for on a rider? Uh, I guess we asked for, for piece of local war history in terms of uh, like a, a current historical magazine or things like this okay. uh, we like to have that on the rider and uh, so we can see a little bit what the local country is telling what kind of stories they are talking about and uh, so we don't really ask for anything strange there's no booze on our rider no tobacco no we got a, a, some beers, but that's it. We're quite healthy band, I think. Not complicated to work with. We never wanted to be a difficult band to, to deal with. Uh, promoters like when Sabaton is coming, it's well functioning. The crew has been there for a long time with the band. Everybody is professional. The band have no interest in being. Uh, um, spoiled or anything like that we're, we're doing well we're behaving thank you so much for your time today thank it's you been an absolute pleasure speaking with you thanks for checking out today's podcast follow like and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts also check out ghost cult magazine on social media facebook instagram twitter and youtube and finally check us out at ghostcultmag.com we're out peace